Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Uncommon Ground with Van Jones ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Is this America? The land of the free and the home of the brave. Wake up, America. Wake up. The political division in the country undeniably deep right now. The big question on a lot of people's minds, can Americans come together and heal? I'm Van Jones, and this is Uncommon Ground. Welcome back to Uncommon Ground. This is a show where we are trying to figure out what it would take to make meaningful change in a country as divided as our country has become and never more divided than now. Uh, It has finally happened. The Supreme Court has officially overturned Roe v. Wade in a way that I think even though we had gotten the heads up, there had been a leaked opinion, um, there had been a lot of discussion about it. When it actually hit, when it was actually official, I think it still shocked a lot of people, myself included, and brought out a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions. You know, for me, uh, I am particularly uh, aghast. I I tweeted out uh, right after it happened, I I said, uh, this must be the most pro-death, pro-life Supreme Court in history. More guns, more death penalty, and more babies. I guess with, with all the killing, we're going to need more people. Is that the rationale? Just awful. You know, for me, obviously, I love babies. I have a baby. But forced birth, forcing someone to to give birth at a time when people get mad that they're being required to wear masks. So you're mad that you have to... Somebody's going to make you wear a mask, but you're going to make somebody else have a baby. I mean, to me, it's just really hard to get my head around some of the contradictions here. And part of the reason that abortion has always been such a polarizing topic is because the most extreme voices are usually the loudest. And the conversation has really been defined at the edges, kind of, you know, abortion uh, never or abortion uh, always But most people are somewhere in the middle on that. And I wanted to have a quieter conversation and see if that bigger patch of common ground might actually be a more fertile place to stand. Um, So before this decision came down, I asked my good friend Essie Cup to come back to the show. Now, Essie, you might remember, she's my former co-host on Crossfire. I am a very strong pro-choice progressive. She is a very strong pro-life conservative. But ironically, she's also very much against overturning Roe v. Wade. And um, she felt that way before the decision came down. I've accepted Roe. I accept that abortion as a modern person should be an option. I don't want to celebrate it, but I don't want to demonize it. And so, you know, she's talked at length about this topic on CNN. Even Oprah is interested in her views on this. Uh, Essie recently published an essay on Oprah Daily. You can check that out if you really want to get more of her take. But Essie and I talked a few weeks back before the decision came down because I wanted to figure out where might Americans actually agree, uh, no matter what the Supreme Court says and what's going on. And now that abortion isn't protected, a lot of the nightmare scenarios that people have been worrying about are actually here. So we've got to find some way forward. Uh, Is there a way forward? I think there is. Stay tuned for my conversation with Essie Cup right after this break. 
If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. You're a conservative, I'm a progressive. I think we, we are, we're kind of increasingly standing for, I don't know, nuance, um, mm-hmm. compassion, listening, like stuff that used to not even matter. It was, like, it was kind of assumed. Yeah. Like, like, like the kindergarten values, like right. lis- listen, don't be mean, that kind of stuff. So uh, I think it's really important that we kind of keep talking and of all things we could talk about, I think this question around abortion is, is upon us. And we are talking prior to the release of the formal opinion from the Supreme Court, but post the leak. And so right. we're in this weird period, which people won't remember. <laughs> History yeah. will collapse it all into one moment. But there's, mm-hmm. there is this, this, this moment in between where there's a little bit of the holding of the breath. And what I wanted to do was give you a chance as someone who is an opponent of abortion but who also is a believer in precedent, legal precedent. Um, how did you hear about the leak decision? Where were you? How did that hit you? And let's then talk about how you began to make sense of it. I was uh, relaxing. It happened sometime in the night, like like the early evening. Right. And I was uh, relaxing, and my husband texted me from you know the other room, uh, <laughs> modern modern <laughs> modern yeah. marriage, right. and texted me like the the CNN alert or whatever. And I remember racing into the living room just for the newsiness of it. Mm-hmm. I, I just said, there's no way. There's no mm-hmm. way this can't be real. Yeah. And I remember saying to him, I mean, even as a pro-life person, I don't want Roe to be overturned. Hmm. And he said, well, it would just be chaos. What's the point of settled law? Hmm. And hmm. I said, well, right. I've never known a world without Roe. I, I was born... In 1979, if you must know. <laughs> and 
So, so I mean, it's to me been settled law, and it has to every other Supreme Court. I mean, from from Scalia, like name your most conservative Supreme Court justice. They've all agreed it's settled settled law, the the quote unquote law of the land. So, and even Republicans were seemed seemed convinced of that as well, as much as. Mm. You know, at the grassroots level, they'd talk about overturning it. I, I feel like m- most Republicans in in leadership and in Congress were like, "No, no, no, that's not a law." So that was that was the that was sort of the initial mm-hmm. initial wave. Right, right. For a lot of conservatives, I think they think it's subtle law, but it's it's terrible law that the Supreme Court kind of pulled something out of thin air, a right out of thin air that's not in the Constitution, put it in there, and there's been a long arduous process to build up the political will, the political power, the presence on the courts, frankly, you know, the presence on the Supreme Court to undo this and to throw the issue back to the states at best. But I don't think anybody thought it was going to (laughs) work. I mean, it just seems to me that, but at a certain point, it does seem like a big part of the conservative movement has been building up to this point. Do you think that even other conservatives were surprised that we got here so quickly post uh, the new majority on the court? Or do, do, do people who are in your circles, are they cheering? I'm just curious, like how, given how much energy has been given to the issue, yeah. um, how did it land and, and how are people making sense of it among conservatives? It was a mix. It was mm-hmm. a mixed bag. I, I mean, most conservatives I talked to, which is probably a reflection of my conservative friends who is still left among them, <laughs> uh, were surprised. Yeah. And then I talked to sort of a political operative class of Republicans and strategists who were like, oh, shit, like, this is bad. This is Mm -hmm. bad for Republicans. It's an election year. We were going to we were great. Mm -hmm. And now we've got something to worry about. This might really turn out the Dems. Um, I can't think of an issue more likely to turn out lots of voters. Mm -hmm. And then you started to hear this low hum kind of on the, the far right, but also among the sort of uh, Federalist Society, you know, crowd that like, well, the law was bad anyway. And it just right. so happens to conveniently be something we dislike. But really, it's about the law was bad to begin with. I think the reaction from the non-political people, just just regular voters, and how odious this looked, I think woke up a lot of people who said, okay, we're going to, if this goes through, Republicans will pay for this, even though mm-hmm. this was a, mm-hmm. you know, a SCOTUS decision, Republicans will pay for this. The The country doesn't want this, is I think what everyone has acknowledged as sort of baseline. But, 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 here, but here we go. So I think the fear on the progressive side is you're going to have terrible laws, women going to jail, doctors going to jail, you know, people are going to have to be like sneaking pills around, maybe go to jail for that. I mean, it's all this huge conversation. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, does that even register or land on the conservative side? I'm just curious. Do, how, do, how do people interpret the alarm among liberals on the conservative side? Well, I think there are a group of Republicans for whom that is the point. I think the point of a lot of these laws is to terrorize, terrify punish, inflict pain, marginalize um, entire groups of people. That that group could be as large as women, right? Mm. That group could be as large as minorities. 
Democrats, whatever it is, I think for a certain, you know, to a certain extent, some of these laws, which no one asked for, mm -hmm. are solving very few problems. For example, Ron DeSantis's election fraud task force, for which he wanted millions and millions of taxpayer dollars to oversee a non-existent problem. Mm -hmm. The abortion problem feels similar. These kinds of things are solving problems that mm -hmm. uh, don't exist and that no one is complaining about. It's not, I mean, abortion numbers are way down. Abortion rates have steadily ticked down. There isn't this abortion palooza. And I say that as someone who I don't like abortion at all, but I've long accepted Roe and I am a modern woman who accepts that abortion should be an option. It should come with restrictions and it should be legal, safe and rare. Mm -hmm. Now, on the Dem side, they've gone to the extremes, too, and mm -hmm. they've advocated more for abortion with no restrictions. Mm -hmm. They've taken the rare part out of the platform, the party platform. They're embarrassed by that now. You can't mm -hmm. say that. Mm -hmm. That's not pure enough. They no longer represent a majority. If you look at where people are ecumenically in this country, American voters are in the middle. Only 33 percent of American voters want abortion with no restrictions. Only 8% want bans, mm. full bans. Right. I feel like an orphan in that I feel completely unseen, unheard. No one's representing me. I have no parents mm -hmm. on either side of the aisle because I'm insufficiently pro-choice and insufficiently pro-life. But I'm the majority. <laughs> it has never felt so lonely mm. and unseen to be in a majority. But that's where that's where the politics are right now. I remember during the Bill Clinton days, safe, legal, and rare was the formula. And I, th and I felt that that was a formula that spoke to most people. And I have watched the goalposts get moved where people on the progressive side say, if you say rare, then that's somehow shaming women who had them because right. you shouldn't, you know, it's, it's you know, purely a medical procedure. Um, you don't say safe, legal, and rare about anything else. So why mm -hmm. is this thing being singled out? And I just think that it just kind of bypasses the normal feelings that people do have that, of course, the, I mean, from my point of view, of course, the government shouldn't be telling women what to do. But there is something sorrowful when the potential for human life is taken away, that there's something sorrowful. There's, a, there's something to be honored. That something's life. It's life. And I think it dehumanizes all life hmm. to detach from that reality. I don't judge women who get abortions. I, mm -hmm. I, I've known many, mm -hmm. and I understand the, the, the difficulty with which that decision is made. And mm -hmm. what I think, here's what happened. Let me give you the timeline. Here's mm -hmm. what happened. Mm -hmm. You know this, for years, decades, you had right-wing, Christian right, evangelicals, Republicans, standing outside of abortion clinics, yelling at people going in saying, murderer. Right. You're going to hell. You've got right. blood on your hands. Right. Okay. No surprise that changes no hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. That does nothing to like win someone over, being called a murderer. I think the right treats abortion like the left treats law-abiding gun owners. It's the same way. You call me a murderer mm. when I'm a law-abiding gun owner, you're not getting my you're not getting my attention. So anyway, for years that happened. The abortion procurers and abortion proponents were demonized and screamed at. Right. No surprise, they radicalized a bit and decided mm -hmm. we're taking the stigma away. There's nothing 
We don't have to treat this as if it's about about a life. This is, in fact, so commonplace. Let's shout our abortions. Let's talk about it like if it's a milestone, like getting your ear pierced. The, the vast majority of American voters already agree abortion should be legal. Right. I don't think you, go, you have to go that far <laughs> to dehumanize the issue, which is a very human issue, and minimize what's happening. I don't think that's helpful for that side of the argument. Mm-hmm. I'm not both sides saying I think it's asymmetrical, but I think yeah. that's not helpful. It doesn't, I don't think that is changing any hearts and minds either. Right. So that's that's the timeline of how we got to where we are on these radical fringes mm-hmm. on an issue where most Americans have not changed in decades. They've been right in the middle, mm-hmm. but the language has become incredibly extreme. You know, just I, I've never asked you this at a, at a personal level. I mean, I, I can tell, you know, this to me is kind of like Essie Cup at her best. Like, the, I, I see the heart and the brain, like the heart and the smart working hard, you know what I mean, and, and, and at a high level on this issue. It's clear that you've thought about it a lot. But I've never asked you, like, what is it about the issue that has you come down on the, the pro-life side? Why am I side? pro-life? Yeah. Yeah. Because you know me. And you know, well, she's not yeah. religious. In mm-hmm. fact, I'm an atheist. And so it's obviously not from a religious yeah. space. And I think for a lot of pro-life people, it is. I don't, right. I don't think that's a caricature. I think that's true. But I don't think you have to be religious to lament the deaths of millions of unborn babies. And it bothers me that that's like our best solution. That's as good as we've come up with. Hmm. Now, I don't judge, I don't judge it. I, mm-hmm. I, I have compassion. Mm-hmm. for that. And I wish there were alternatives. For years, I've been talking about adoption and needing to talk about adoption in better ways. And in fact, if we are on the right and we lament abortion, shouldn't we be in favor of gay adoption and like beating that drum as mm-hmm. loud as possible? Mm-hmm. I hear silence from the right on gay adoption and in mm-hmm. fact, an intolerance of it. Mm-hmm. Well, how could, how could the adoption of a baby by two loving people who are desperate to be parents be worse mm. than an abortion. Right. I don't understand. So for me, it's it's compassion for everyone involved, compassion for the life that is unborn, compassion for the parents who don't get a kid, compassion for a woman who is struggling with that decision. I get, I, I have all the feels for all the people involved Like I said, I've accepted Roe. I accept that abortion as a modern person should be an option. I don't want to celebrate it, but I don't want to demonize it. It doesn't fully explain, I guess, but that's how it is for me. I find myself kind of struggling to even talk about the issue because to your point, like everything you're saying just seems reasonable. It seems kind. It seems smart. It seems principled. uh, And yet it's losing in both parties. And despite the fact that probably... Like to your point, 60% of Americans would agree with everything you just said at, at one level. They, they might put the emphasis on a different syllable, <laughs> but they, they would, they'd agree with the sentences, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, and, and that is maybe just pull out for a bigger view here, which is, you know, I do think that this is a big blow to the Supreme Court in terms of yeah. people's willingness to see the Supreme Court as a referee, as an umpire, as you know, uh, a trusted source of authority. 
as opposed to just another parliament, another legislative body, another political and politicized entity yeah. um, that is going to have its its thumb on one side of the scales. Uh, you mentioned being kind of pro-democracy, pro-democratic republic. What is the impact on the country as a whole for something like this if the decision comes down the way that people are assuming it will? Well, and I'm actually very curious to hear your thoughts on this too, but mm-hmm. you know, everyone from Jeffrey Tubin on down has said that the, the, the court cannot recover mm-hmm. from this mark on their reputation. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder when I'm looking at American democracy, I'm looking at these institutions, I feel as though the Supreme Court was maybe the last to not be corrupted mm-hmm. by politicization, celebrity. That's why I was really against cameras in the courtroom and Supreme Court. That debate came up. I thought, oh, God, that's the last place we need lawyers and judges performing again yeah. for the cameras, right? Because that's what mm-hmm. happens when you turn a camera on someone, they perform. Absolutely. It just feels like now this this third branch has also been corrupted. And if I'm just an American voter, one that's not even very engaged as we are, Mm -hmm. you just think, my God, where is, you know, where is the separation of Mm -hmm. powers? Where is the integrity? Where are their clean hands? Mm -hmm. And it makes you want to start over, kind of. It makes you want to say, the whole thing's rotten. And we need to start over. It's why I increasingly hear from people, we need a solution. The the two-party system's not working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that trickles to the other branches. That's not just, that's not just Congress, you know, and that's just not just presidential elections. That's all of it. Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage in a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at amazon.com slash instant eraser foundation. On the Nintendo Switch system, there's so many worlds you can explore. Like Hyrule, where I can fight enemies and save the kingdom with Link. (laughs) That sounds adventurous. Or my very own island in Animal Crossing New Horizons, where I can fish whenever I want. the size of that thing! You can find even more worlds to explore on the Nintendo Switch system. Games rated E to E10+. Games and systems sold separately. Well, look, I think increasingly from the progressive side, the game just feels more and more rigged for people. It, if you're a partisan, if you're, you know, yeah. if you're like, hey, look, I, I want Democrats to be able to govern. All the way down now, you feel frustrated. And at the end of the day, when these things stop working properly, it's just the ordinary everyday people who pay the price. Yeah. And I think about in some of the red states, a lot of the abortions were being sought and are being sought by low-income women, often women of color, often black women, who, when this thing goes down, are going to have that option taken away 
but it doesn't seem like there's a big push to replace that with anything. So there's right. not going to be a big increase in child support or, or pre-K or universal basic income or something. It just seems like it's for a woman who has sex with someone and did not intend to get pregnant, did not plan to get pregnant, doesn't feel, feel that she can afford to bring a baby forward. There doesn't seem to be more support for her. And that just seems to be unfair, like deeply, deeply unfair. It's not only unfair. I mean, it's it's com- it's completely it's cruel mm-hmm. to make a woman choose between carrying her baby, which could which could mean carrying a child of rape or mm-hmm. incest, mm-hmm. and jail time. That doesn't feel like a civilized society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's barbaric. Mm-hmm. And then, just as a conservative, to create this this new police state of police and prosecutors hunting down people who've had abortions or have aided in the procurement of abortions, it seems very unconservative, but also just medieval. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So none of it, it's definitely not fair. Mm-hmm. And then to punish the people who often don't have access to other kinds of health care. Mm-hmm. Not to mention what this will do for IVF. And there's all other kinds of implications without any plan in place to be a safety net. Because you know why? In today's new right wing, compassion is synonymous with wokeism. That's it. Makes you woke. You're compassionate, you're woke. And wanting a safety net of some kind Mm. is akin to socialism. It's the same thing. There's no difference. Mm. And so advocating for anything, whether you're talking about guns, whether you're talking about immigration, whether you're talking about kids in cages, whether you're talking about education, name your thing. Mm. Caring at all about the implications, the effects of these laws... That compassion and empathy is wokeism. Wow. So let's let's do a little bit of kind of forward thinking. Like, how do you see this playing out? Let's think about the next two, four, ten years in a world where Roe is gone, where you know some states do have these laws, which again are unpopular in those states, but maybe yeah. hard to roll back. And now it's no longer abstract. You're having now stories in the news of women having babies because they were raped on a college campus. They're and now you're like all the horror stories that people have been talking about are now becoming a part of the American landscape. How do you see that playing out going forward? Well, that's just even horrifying to imagine, but I know it's not unimaginable. That's what's on the table here. That's mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen in some cases. You know, the pendulum in politics tends to swing back. Mm-hmm. And we tend to move against the last thing that we had. You know, no surprise after Bill, we got a W. No surprise after W, we got an Obama. And no surprise after Obama, we got, I mean, a little surprise, but (laughs) less, you know, (laughs) no surprise, we got a Trump. Um, So as hard as the right wants to go at this, I think the pendulum will swing back even harder and especially when you're trying to take to peel back 
you're trying to roll back progress. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when when the far left usually puts the throttle down on progress and goes too fast, too far, mm-hmm. the pendulum swings back because you can't you can't change in hearts hearts and minds at the barrel of a gun. You can't do it faster than it's gonna than it's going to happen sort of organically. You can you can want it to go real fast, but it, it doesn't. And I think the Republicans want to go in reverse real mm-hmm. fast. Mm-hmm. And I think as fast as they want to do that. And, and they'll be able to, right? Because they're probably going to do pretty well in the midterms. And listen, Biden's vulnerable in 2024. So they'll get to do a lot. Well, I guess one hopes, this is a conservative saying this, that I mm. guess one hopes that the pendulum swings pretty far back mm. as, a, as a check. Mm-hmm. Um, and it usually does. We usually do that. But, you know, yeah. are those checks and balances going to be in place when Republicans have effectively weakened voting rights, Hmm. weakened voting access, weakened free speech, weakened all these institutions that would have caught some of this. We'll see if there's if there's even an apparatus left to swing back. Mm -hmm. I remember one of the first times I met you, you said there's a smart way and a dumb way to talk about anything. And, you know, why do we pick the dumbest ways to talk about stuff? It's going to make sure that nobody's listening and everybody's mad. Yeah. And I, I think that was probably our first conversation. You said that. Mm-hmm. Maybe just give us some advice and some counsel on both sides and all sides. What, what are the, the smart ways to talk about this very, very tough issue this summer? I mean, it, generally, I don't want to police people's speech. Sure. Um, but I can say strategically. Yeah. The celebratory nature around abortion is a huge turnoff, I think, to a lot of people, even people who don't feel particularly engaged politically. It's just a turnoff. And I think it's unnecessary. Most Americans are where you're at. And so I, I my advice to both sides on any issue is to remember the majority. Mm-hmm. You are missing the majority of voters on this and almost every issue. Mm-hmm. Talking right over us, whether it's guns, immigration, education, you know, abortion, talking right over us. We do not matter anymore. And it is frustrating. Hmm. So if you want to keep talking to your base in language that turns off, I mean, forget the the far right, you've lost them, that's that's hmm. fine. But that turns off a lot of people in the middle, new voters you could get. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just going to keep <laughs> d- diminishing the size of your base and I think diminishing the importance of your message. Right. I think if you value if you value compassion and empathy and the little guy, justice, all the things that I think the left really stands for and believes in and works very hard for, I think talking cavalierly mm-hmm. and dismissively about this issue, it's just not getting it. You're right. not getting it. So I think that's 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 good advice. And then on the other side, for people who this may be an issue that they've worked on for years as conservatives, people who have you know voted and donated and and prayed for this outcome, who voted, who held their nose, voted for Trump, hoping he would put justices on the court to give them this outcome, and you know they may get the outcome that they want. How would you counsel those folks uh, to talk about this issue going forward? If you don't care about women who 
are going to have to have their rapist's baby. Mm. If you don't care about women who are going to have zero access to health care because of this. If you don't care about women who are going to get back alley abortions and, uh, you know, undergo some really unsafe conditions, you don't care about life. If you think this is a victory, but you don't have any safety net for what comes next, for women who have lived with this since 1973, we, we have lived with these conditions for more than 50 years. If you don't have a plan for women, you're just going to yank this out from under them. You don't care about life. Hmm. So again, they can't have it both ways either. And again, they're missing this whole majority of people who do not want Roe overturned. And what are you going to do about, about all of them? It seems to me we're talking to ourselves. The majority is completely ignored. <laughs> and we're coming up with some really terrible policy ideas. Mm-hmm. Whether it's defund the police or banning abortion, really terrible policy ideas with no plans in place for what happens when you get a magic wand. You win a majority and you get to just do it. What happens next? No one cares. Right. Well, look, I've known you for a long time. I always think I know what you're going to say or generally what you're going to say, but I don't. And the way that you say it is always incredibly useful for people. These are tough issues and tough times. I love your heart. I love your mind. I love your perspective. You can be passionate about any of these issues and take a strong position and at the same time not disrespect the humanity and the experience of other people. And you do that better than anybody in this business. It means so much to have you on this podcast. So for the second time, uh, you, you keep your fingers crossed and I'll say a prayer for our country and we'll see what happens with Perfect. this decision. Okay. <laughs> All right. I like it. Thanks. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. We see the beauty of hope. That spirit is so beautiful. Those who become American citizens love this country even more. And that's why the Statue of Liberty lifts her lamp to welcome them to the Golden Door. You know, she's right. I think uh, the loudest voices in both parties have so abandoned common sense when it comes to you know, reason and kindness. And I, it's, it's heartbreaking. I don't want to see my fellow progressives, liberals, Democrats chanting outside of Supreme Court justices' houses and talking about celebrating a, a, my abortion. I understand that people are tired of feeling shamed, but these are very delicate issues. And I do think that as S.E. Cup said, I don't think we, we lose anything on the progressive side of this debate by treating something sacred as sacred and treat, treating something important with the gravity that it deserves. I, I think it's I don't think it's good. And I definitely I wonder if the people who have fought so hard and so long for this court ruling really understand what it's going to mean, God forbid, a year from now, two years from now. Three years from now, it is commonplace to have women giving birth to children from rape. And for 
that whole mess of of pain and and and, and agony to be put on full display in in courtrooms and I don't know if the extremes on either side understand what they're ultimately creating. I also worry about where this leads. If you don't have a Supreme Court that people think is fair, if, if rights can be overruled, long settled, what's next? Who's next? How is this going to work out? And if the umpire is not going to be fair, if the referee's not going to be fair, why should the players be fair? And you can wind up unraveling a whole society just by insisting that I get my way and I get my way regardless of what anybody else thinks. That's not how you run a democratic republic. And it brings up a lot of fear for people and a lack of sense of safety. This is going to be an issue. It's going to be with us for a very long time. It brings up a lot of emotions, a lot of opinions, you know, really from all corners. And so I went on my social media feed and I wanted to see how you know, my followers, my community there were feeling. And I got dozens of responses. And these are the ones that struck me the most. And they're actually read by my colleagues uh, on this team. It places the wombs of every woman under the control of the state. This affects everyone. It's not making abortions illegal. It's moving the decision to the state level. What's the problem? I fear that people will take abortion into their own hands and people will die. The entire world is watching the decision. I'm so glad I'm not an American. This is Uncommon Ground. I'm Van Jones. Uncommon Ground with Van Jones is an Amazon original production. It's produced by Magic Labs Media and Wonder Media Network. Our producers are Teddy Alexander, Maisha Dyson, Grace Lynch, Taylor Williamson, Adesua Akbonile, and Lindsay Credowell. Our managing producers are Laura D. and Eliza Mills. Our executive producers are Jenny Kaplan and Morgan Jones. Our theme music was composed by The Grand Mess. Publicity for the show is led by Alice Zoe, Andy Lichtenfeld, Didier Moraes, Chantel Muentes, and Sam Petherbridge. Special thanks to Jana Carter, Alex John Burns, Seven McDonald, Drew Schwindeman, Brianna Jones, Eric Carter, Trevor McNeil, Carrie McCarran, Joe McMillan, Steph Walkeen, Vanessa Redbert, Ty Jacobson, Marshall Louie, and Chris Jockerman. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Uncommon Ground with Van Jones ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus and Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges 
from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.